0: back to the Two Pointers Podcast. I'm Trevor Everett. Uh, Thank you for joining me today. This is definitely going to be a cool one. Um, I'm almost at a loss for words, but I'm going to try my best for the first couple of minutes of this pod just to be as appreciative and thankful as possible. Um, This, as you'll be seeing this a little bit later in this week, unfortunately, just had a lot going on. Not able to get this out when I wanted. You'll see this either late Friday when you're listening to it, if it comes out, um, or early Saturday. But I appreciate all the support, as you'll see behind me on YouTube. Uh, as well as you will see or hear right now. Thank uh, you, thank you, thank you, thank you. This is the 100th episode of this show. Almost two years. December 26th will be two years doing this. And, man, what it, it, it has been life-changing. Obviously, I've met a lot of great people and great friends in this community. Um, the list would take way too long to name, but everybody that listens to this who I've met or made friends to this community— you know who you are. Thank you. Uh, if you do not, I I hope you do. I really do. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I also want to put out a really, really big awesome thank you and shout out to just everybody that supports the show. Even last week where some technical difficulties or hypothetically it might have been because of the length of the pod uh, with Jim Arrange, if you haven't checked that out last week, we previewed college basketball. We got things kicked off for the year. Um, had a really – good time a lot of fun the questions were kind of funny I hate to humble brag here but the questions were hilarious I think there was some good ones in there but I couldn't get that on YouTube unfortunately I'm having some issues with that so I hopefully can get it on YouTube eventually but it, it the downloads tripled so thank you I appreciate all the support uh, on all the yesterday the NBA stuff the writing the article this is technically the first time if you're just a listener I encourage you to go to the pointerspodcast.com and check out some new written work as well as a big board's coming out very soon for me. Uh, but just know, regardless, all the support, there's an article on there. Um, top breakout players uh, in every Division I men's basketball school in North Carolina. Um, that piece took me two and a half months to make, so please take two and a half minutes to go read it. It would be greatly appreciated. So um, I don't want to be super long-winded. The question of the day uh, is going to tie into what the title of the episode will be. Um, my favorite things I've watched – so far in the NBA season. Uh, I've got five things that I'm very passionate about that I've just enjoyed the most. wanted to keep it positive. I'm sure I could come up with five things I didn't, uh, but I don't want this to be an hour pod. I want this to be 30 minutes if I can help it, right? You guys will be able to get it on YouTube. For the YouTube followers and listeners, thank you. Um, you'll be able to get it so I won't have any issues with getting it out there. So without further ado, again, 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 I cannot stress enough. Thank you very much for the support of the last couple of years. It does not go underappreciated. i Promise you, um, looking at doing some kind of cool giveaway here in the next couple of weeks. uh, I'll work out what that is. If anybody out there wants to, uh, you know, hang out at the magic game uh, on uh, November thirtieth. Excuse me, um, I'll be there, um, as well as uh, some other great YouTube stuff coming up. We can uh, we we have coming out for you. So all that rambling aside, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I greatly appreciate it. Um, let's spend the next 25 minutes or so going over our favorite things. The question of the day is tell me in the comments below or on TikTok, send me a message on Twitter, Instagram, wherever you, uh, support the show at other than here. We, I appreciate it. Uh, send me your favorite thing you've watched this NBA season or favorite things. Let me know what those are. I've got a five of them today. Um, very excited, very passionate about some of these. Just want to get them out there as like a, see what you guys think about it. Uh, and, I'm a, and I'm very, very happy to say that these, these have happened. So uh, without further ado, I'll start with the first one. Shea Gilgis Alexander's ascension to stardom, quite frankly, has been one of the coolest things to see this season. Um, if you've been a fan of his, like I have been for multiple years now, uh, humble brag, but you, you know this kid's special and you've known that and you've seen that. Uh, he led the league last year in drives per game as a guard, right? That's, that's a good thing. Guards do that. Uh, except this year. He also leads the league in drives per game with 25, and he's third in the points in paint, the only guy in the top 15 that's a guard. So this guy's getting to the basket however he wants. Uh, It's been unbelievable to watch, uh, specifically the game that comes to mind is the game against Boston, uh, where they went into Boston and almost just left the garden with a W. Like, that team's good, and that team's getting better. They don't have Chet Holmgren, but if this team's fighting for, like, an 8 seed, don't call me crazy for that. This is actually a possibility that's happening right in front of our eyes. If this team is an eight seed, you know, with 50 games in, and Shaq can be back by February, why the heck not? Go for the play-in. Go for the playoffs. That's besides the point. That's way down the road we'll talk about. But uh, just a few things on Shea. Obviously, had a game winner on Thursday night. If you're checking out the yesterday NBA series, uh, he's got his far- fair credit. But this is now the first time I've got a chance to talk about it in general where I'm giving him his flowers for good reason. Um, he's an all-star, and that shouldn't be a debate. Uh, 32.3 points per game, 5.9 assists, 4.5 rebounds, and 14 games played this season. So he's only missed one game, I believe, if the math's is adding up there. I'm recording this, if I didn't mention, on Monday. whatever What day is it? Friday. Oh, my gosh. Friday, uh, November 18th. So you're hearing this uh, hopefully right after that. Uh, last guy to average 30 points per game for the thunder was Durant's you, the real MVP season. The one where he uh, told his mom that in the press conference, Uh, that was 2013, 14. If anybody's wondering, it's been a long time, obviously 30 points per game is not easy to do. So obviously if he holds it up, this is going to be an unbelievable thing to see, uh, under three. So 2.9 to be specific, uh, three point attempts per game. think that's just goofy. That's not the NBA we're in right now. Yes. Uh, in totality, just to, to summarize that, like the team's playing really, really well, and he's not having to like force assists. He's not having to be the dominant ball handler. Yes, the usage percentage there is probably really high. It actually didn't pull that. Luca's above, and everyone else is below him. But Shea's ascension in general, like he, his his path, and I have to give credit to Bill Simmons for this original take, but it's a really good point. It's worth mentioning is Shea's ascension to stardom or ascension to the path that he's on now. You know, normally rookies of relatively high caliber, we're going to call lottery high caliber in this case, go to a team that stinks, they play, they get their flower, you know, they get to learn from guys, whatever. Shea gets drafted into a situation where he immediately goes to a Clippers team that makes the playoffs, right? That was that team that was the eighth seed and uh, went on to play, I believe it might have been Memphis in the first round. I don't remember exactly who, but he went and they played a playoff series in his first first year, right? And he played and he was a pivotal piece for them, almost winning that first round series. And then gets traded in one of the weirdest and biggest trade packages and moves in general in the last 15 years in that Paul George trade, which was an unbelievable amount of picks. And if I've learned anything from Sam Presti, Shea was the piece in that. It wasn't the picks. Um, They were able to get Shea out of that trade. He goes into his second year where he gets to learn from Chris Paul. Quite frankly, I don't think there's anybody in the NBA right now better except for maybe Steph Curry that you can learn from as a point guard. Well, I guess Chris technically wholeheartedly as a point guard. Chris is probably a better scenario there. Uh, and then, of course, Chris Paul moves on from that OKC one random year where he gets him in the playoffs. Great guy he is, Chris Paul. Um, and then he obviously has the last two years of, of what we're going to call the Tank Fest. It is what it is. Like, Shays learned and had a very atypical or typical, untypical, whatever word I'm looking for there, career path. And I think that's really benefiting him. And we're seeing that as a team that's starting to really look good, like, the smart passes to Jalen Williams, right? The Jalen Williams that can shoot from Santa Clara, to be clear. Um, Poku's, as a fantasy owner Poku, very thankful for him. Uh, Poku has taken a step up, right? Hitting corner threes and being that guy that is pivotal for him in those pick-and-pop situations. I mean, again, this team doesn't have Chet Holmgren. Shout-out to Stephen Gillespie, my boy uh, from No Ceilings uh, on Twitter. He said, a lot of podcasts and a lot of people who are talking about the Thunder have forgotten that Chet exists. Hard to right, hard to or easy to do that because he's not there and they're winning games and Shay's kicking you know what and that's fine. But this team could get him back very soon and and they're winning and they're they have these pivotal players that are in this offense that just it's just working with what they're doing the usage percentage and the way it's played and it just reminds me a lot of the Luca years the last couple of years and I'm really really happy of what what I've seen and I'm gonna move on because I could go down a rabbit hole continuously and I'm definitely gonna have to have Grayson back on shout out to Grayson for uh. Being a Thunder fan in general, um, but and also some of his stuff he does with his podcast, but it, gonna have to have him back on to talk about this because like I only only experience I have with him and this is, is through tech, So I definitely got to hear his full opinion on what's going on in OKC. Um, they've been a, the most fun team to watch, and, and it's not—I mean, it's close. There's a lot of good teams we'll talk about, but Shea's been unbelievable. That's my whole point today. Whenever we have a chance, please vote Shea into the All Star game. Next, we're going to talk about Trey Young and Dejounte Murray's. Uh, I guess we're going to call it working. I, but look, that's no surprise to anybody that listens here because I was saying as soon as it happened, once I got a chance to swallow the fact they gave it with three picks, uh, those three picks were worth it. Dejounte Murray and Trey Young together is working out really, really well. Um, some of the stats may not say that, but if you watch basketball and you watch this Hawks team, some of the impressive wins they get, the way they play this, the lineups together and separately, I'll get to that in a second, but. This team's really, really good, and they're back to that level uh, that they were before, with obviously a healthy Clint Capella and a healthy Aneka Kongwu playing those guys together. It's like a cheat code. You're basically getting two Clint Capellas from those Rocket Cheers. Uh, but that's besides the point. In talking about the Hawks, you have to understand that Trey and Murray are only playing 25 minutes per game together, most of that being in the second, you know, end of the first, second quarter, or sorry, excuse me, beginning of the first quarter when the game starts. Uh, middle of the second, and then in clutch time, which is important, but luckily they've, the last like 5-10 games, they've been up enough where the clutch stats for them stink because they aren't playing together in the clutch. 3.3 um, plus minus, small sample size, you have to understand that was minus, um, but there's a bunch of lineups, and I love the NBA.com for their lineup stats. You get to see how two-man, four-man, five-man, whatever combination you want of lineups for teams, you can literally go in and see what a team's best lineup is. It's one of the more Fun things to do the further into the season we get to see some efficiencies, but and deficiencies, I guess. But Trey and Murray are the sixth best two-man lineup on their own team, right? They're the two best players and the two most focal points of their offense and somewhat of their defense on Murray's side of things. And DeJounte Murray and John Collins, John Collins and Trey Young, Trey Young and DeAndre Hunter, John Collins and DeAndre Hunter, Murray and Hunter are all more efficient lineups points per game-wise and total points per game-wise uh, better than Trey and Murray. Uh, and they're 10th in defensive rating. Obviously, a lot of that goes into the fact that Murray's averaging two steals a game. And I mentioned the Capella and Nekka Kongwu thing. I've really enjoyed watching this Hawks team. I'll get to another point of theirs that ties into my last one. I'll get to that at the end. Uh, there's another point that ties the last piece together. So it's actually really, really cool. It has nothing to do... Well, it has something to do with them, but it applies to the other uh, the last thing we'll talk about on this list. But yeah, Trey and Murray working separately and working together has been really, really good. Really, really fun to watch. Hawks have been an awesome team to follow along on League pass. Speaking of really fun young backcourts, uh, you have job ja Morant and Desmond Bain, who, like I said in the yesterday in the NBA series when they combined for there was something like seventy plus points and they had an unbelievable game, both of them. I said, said to argue with your mom that they're the best backcourt in the NBA. That's no disrespect to Trey Young and John T. Murray. There's a lot of good candidates this year for that. Um, you could even give a shout to a couple of other ones that I'll talk about in a minute. Um, but those two, I have less stats to back this up. This is literally just like I said, eye test on this one. Um, I also feel very strongly about it because when the two of them are together, I know as you're hearing this, obviously you'll know that Desmond Bain has a two- to three-week um, right big toe fracture something like that, um, two to three weeks out without Bain, but they're continuing to win games. They look fine. Um, he'll be in a good addition back to the lineup once he's back. Uh, they're averaging 51 points per game as a backcourt. Um, they're the highest two-man plus-minus. I mentioned the lineup efficiency thing with Trey and Murray, how you could look that stuff up. They're the highest two-man plus-minus on the Grizzlies with 7.8. So even with a small sample size, that's a really, really efficient plus-minus uh, when they're on the floor together. As a combination, though, bane has been really efficient uh individually talking about combinations but now individually Bain's been a really really good player Um, he's elevated himself into that 20 plus points per game uh, number continuing to shoot really really well from three and just in general there's this next level where I hate to be the guy the old man that talks about the takes that he's had that he's right on but I want to be clear he was the most improved player last year I don't care what anyone says John Morant was a guy that's expected to make that leap the way he did Unfortunately, that's just how it happened, and and Desmond Bain is is basically outplaying his own expectation from last year as a most improved player candidate. So he's playing like a most improved player again, and I'm gonna again give him the award probably at the end of the year if he keeps this up and stays healthy. Um, it's just been really really awesome to see that co- cohesiveness as they continue to build that over the years together. Um, this team's only gonna get better. They're so young. They're winning games in, in a really tough Western Conference, uh, at least top part of the West, whatever. Right. Um, just in general, I, John Morant, obviously, I don't have to talk any anything about really because you all know who he is uh, and what he's capable of and what we've seen so far. But just as a whole, these two together, the way they work individually and the way they work as two different types of players, right? Jaws the more slasher efficient is safe to say because of the type of shots and, and the quality and where they are inside the, you know, three-point arc. Um, still not a bad shooter in his own right. And then Desmond Bain's a top five, you know, shooter in the NBA right now across all accounts. So seeing those two guys work together is really, really fun. I cannot wait to get to a Grizzlies game. Would love for it to be this year. Probably won't be, but those guys, uh, can't wait to see those guys play for a long time. The fourth thing I have enjoyed watching or favorite thing I've watched this year uh, is going to just be two words the sacker sorry three technically the sacramento kings i i can't say picking them to finish in that play-in spot is something that like it's what i predicted but we'll get into it so the sacramento kings as a whole they, they, they're here like this is a team that is figuring things out obviously it's taken a very long time and to sacramento kings i genuinely apologize um, that's why josh and i previously obviously josh no longer with me doing this Um uh, Thank you to Carl for the nice comments from, uh, to Josh. But we brought up saving Sacramento, or I guess I have to give him credit. He brought it up as a joke. And then as we started making decisions and talking about things that we would do, yada, 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 they start doing a couple of those things, and all everything started to line up. And then they start winning games this year. And it's just really, really cool to see. A um, couple of really great things for the Kings. They're 8 and 2 in their last 10. Funny enough, they should be 10-0. Their only two losses were the two horrible foul calls that ended up on the two-minute report, and or I guess the NBA, whatever they equivalently equivalently call it compared to the NFL. Only two losses were Hero's uncalled travel. I've seen that clip now a thousand times, as you should. Uh, it was a horrible call. Hero completely traveled on that play. And then Klay Thompson's uh, foul on the three-pointer, which I think was even more egregious, so they definitely should be 10-0. They continue to just win games, and they're just beating the crap out of teams. They're second in points per game, and they're tenth in opponent points allowed, so they're in the top ten in you know not giving up points, and then they're second in points scored. It's just it's a beautiful combination for a Kings team. Their bench has been specifically playing really, really well. Uh, Shout-out to Terrence Davis and Malik Monk for just having – Basically they pick a night and they're like, all right, this is your night to go off. This is your night to go off. And they just have a great time. Um, They've been a fun team to watch. They've been my favorite league pass team to watch. Um, They've obviously played teams like the warriors in there had the loss there, but they've continued to show up against good teams like that. Um, Fox is playing like an all-star straight up. And I just, this might be the year because of the way the West is looking and how you have some teams that may not be. And I'm not going to go into the all-star rosters right now. We're going to get that pretty soon. I know it's crazy to think, but, uh, it's already late November, early December. We're already starting to see um, more people are starting to lean. And, and the voting will open up, obviously, in, in I believe it's first week of January. So we'll have that very, very soon. Fox uh, is playing like an all-star. He's averaging 25-plus points per game. He's having a really, really good year. Um, however, he's having to score a lot, but he's not doing the other things on the offense because he's not needing to because Sabonis is actually leading the team in assists and rebounds. So they're getting really, really efficient shots. Because they just move the ball. They pass the ball, right? There's things that Sabonis has, has limitations of. I understand that. Shout out to Riv from uh, Pigside having that Sabonis would-you-rather episode uh, or Laurie Market and, and never mind anyway. I won't go down that rabbit hole. Um, Sabonis is better than Laurie. I don't care what anyone says. But Sabonis uh, has been a really, really good player for them. Like I said, he's had his deficiencies on some on some sides of the defense. I'm sure that they would be a perfect Mouse Turner candidate. But then again, we've seen those two guys play together. Just as an example, right? We're getting close to trade season, getting itchy. Uh, But just in general, the Kings as a league pass team have been really, really fun. They've elevated into that, you know, where people are starting to make the meme of they should be taking all the Lakers' primetime games, which I have league pass. I don't necessarily necessarily disagree with that. I would rather the public – I would rather the general NBA population that watches TNT and ESPN games only to be able to see this team play. They're really, really good. Um, This is also my last PSA for a while. Like, buy league pass. It's going to keep going down in price. Stop delaying what you're doing about League Pass. So with the Kings, just know that if you're not watching, they can score the heck out of the ball. You're going to get an exciting game no matter what. And just you can start to feel a presence watching those games, especially especially with the League Pass, where they have the in arena cameras and you're basically there, no commercials, and you're getting to see all that stuff, like the atmosphere there, like it's something just buzzing. All the memes aside, with the Purple. I, I can't change this to purple on YouTube. You guys will see the light. But having the purple beam every time they win, and I probably should just put this on every time they win, make it purple. My little light in the studio here. But yeah, the Kings. I, I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna stop ranting. I'm gonna give you that. The Kings have been unbelievable, uh, and you definitely should be watching. All right, my fifth and final thing I like, favorite thing. I don't know. This the wording of this title is gonna be hilarious. The Bucks are winning without Chris Middleton, and it's impressive. Uh, they're 11-3, and three, they're second in the East, uh, and they lead the league in defensive rating with 105.4. Boston teetered in that same tier for a little while there. Boston's still the better defensive team, as of right now, consistently, of course. Um, but they're 17th in points per game, and that's the glaring point I want to bring up, because Middleton, I've enjoyed watching it, but sometimes their offense is hard to watch. It's just Giannis takes the ball, drives in, figures it out. It Sometimes that's going to happen, and that's what they did to beat the Suns in the finals sometimes. Um, but they definitely will be... A lot better off and get back into a flow when they get Middleton back potentially here at the beginning, mid-December. There's no guarantee for that. Um, And I don't think they play on Christmas, so I don't know if they can do the cop-out. He'll be back for Christmas Day game. I have no idea. I don't think they do. Um, But regardless, getting him back in that 17 points per game, they'll end up being a top-10 team in scoring, and you'll see a more uh, efficient three-point uh, percentage as well. Overall, having Middleton in your lineup opens up better spacing for Giannis. Forces less on Drew Holiday, who's been in and out of the lineup for a couple of games. Uh, and then they're actively shopping Grayson Allen, so it's not a team that's going to need, or it's a team that's going to, excuse me, need Chris Middleton and some of the stuff he brings offensively to that team very, very soon. The last point I wanted to make on the Bucks is just knowing I wanted to tie the Hawks and the Bucks together, and this is where I wanted to go with it. They're only two, or sorry, they are 11-3. and three. Um, Two of their three losses were to the Atlanta Hawks in pretty much blowout fashion. The Hawks took care of them very well. Something to monitor because they don't play them again, I believe. And it's good to know because that's something, if they play each other in playoff series, uh, we'll have a track record of these teams were good. Both Giannis was playing in both those games. The only other loss for the Bucs was without Giannis against the Spurs. So we're seeing a Bucks team that... It's clearly, like, this team's built to win a championship. That We we all understand that. And there's no telling what they're going to get for Grayson Allen, a guy who's, I think, very underrated. He's officially become underrated. And, I mean, at this point, supposedly, according to some uh, of the local uh, Bucks guys, reporting-wise, there may be a Jay Crowder trade on the horizon, like, as in the next 24 hours. Uh, we'll see. I'm, I'm hesitant to say that that's the case. But... Um, the Bucks again, are winning without Chris Middleton. And it's really, really fun to see because the East right now is – it's good. Like, it's not – like, it is a bloodbath, I guess you could say. But the East is is top to bottom, a very, very good conference. There are some teams that I think are sliding um, and some teams that are a little bit underperforming. Um, the Bucks would not be one of those teams without their second-best player, which is just wild to think. So, all in all, SGA's ascension to stardom, Trey and Murray – together separate working uh best backcourt in the league is john desmond bain the kings i'll just leave it at that and the bucks winning without chris and have been my favorite things to watch in the nba this season i really really enjoyed all those things there's a lot more but just continue to follow the yesterday in the nba series if you're following at a scratch like the scratch the surface level uh, fandom i appreciate all the support on tiktok instagram youtube facebook all that stuff will be on the screen right here please subscribe like, comment, do all those things that you guys have been doing. Again, I want to just reiterate at the end of this show here um, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for all the support over the last two years, 100 episodes. I, I did not think that this was going to be something that lasted this long. And I mean, well, I did, to be fair. But I, I appreciate all the support. It's been an unbelievable outpouring. The basketball season is just getting started. Draft time's coming, or, well, draft time, whatever, six months away. But draft time's coming. Uh, shout out to the guys that are on the clock, Caleb and Julian. They've been really helpful in that process for me. Getting me into the draft earlier this year, I really put a focus on it. Um, Big board's coming very, very soon. And just a humble like, just a humble thank you. Um, the article, like I said, I put out a couple of days ago now. I think it's been over a week. It was, like I said, it took a lot of time. You know, it took two and a half months to put that together. Um, and I really appreciate the support that's already been shown on it. Um, so if you haven't, this is officially the first time, like I said, a podcast listener is going to hear it about it, but yeah, it's going to be linked in the description below as well as it'll be on the two pointers podcast.com. So, uh, rambling over. I again, appreciate all the support. I'm going to continue to beat that into the ground. hundred episodes. Uh, sh- cheers to hundred more, right? Uh, I'm looking forward to it. The NBA season's in full swing. College basketball. You're going to hear a lot more of in the next couple of weeks. Got some really cool guests, uh, being worked on about college basketball, so I'm looking forward to, to having those guys on. Um, again, check out last week's episode. You'll see at the very end, whenever you uh, see the YouTube roll, uh, you'll see the last episode on the screen there. Please check it out. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate all the support once again. Uh, again, don't forget to let me know your uh, favorite thing you've watched in the NBA so far. This has been the Two Pointers Podcast. I'm Trevor Everett. We'll see you later.